Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, none taken. That's right, none taken. I am the movie moron. This is the movie moron podcast. Um, and then we're uh, back. Yeah, for well, for the Heimer and Barbie Heimer. Yep. Um, for like the third movie this week because Mission Impossible is also coming out this week. Boop. Well, for our episodes, but um, but yeah, I'm your host, Easton Moore. I thought you were the ghost. Thanks, Murph. Oh, I was the ghost. <laughs> ghost Protocol. No. I am Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Can you not tell? <laughs> um, and then with us, as always, is our practical uh, co-host himself, um, Trevor. We learn to talk. We should learn to. We should learn to talk. What is that from? Interstellar. These are all Interstellar ones. Oh, I thought you were doing Christopher Nolan. That is Christopher Nolan. Oh, I mean, like I thought you were going to be like <laughs> these are Christopher Nolan themed, not just Interstellar. <laughs> well, uh, not just this movie you've seen <clears throat> once. I tried to find Tenet, and Aww, that's sweet of you. There is no Tenet. That's fair. Sound there aren't really. sound. Yes. There's just the there's just the of uh, uh who else is in that with with him with uh, Washington with his, uh, Robert Pattinson. There's just the uh, of him falling past in that. I love that shot, man. The, so these good. are the Tenet sounds. See, it doesn't even happen. See, now we're all moving backward. These are good for like D and D sound bites. Really if are. you want to like, <laughs> oof, yeah, which is dope, but it it wasn't a quote or anything. So. You should be like, and now here is always give me some background music. We got a third guy though. Who's this yes, guy? Yes, we do. Hi. We have a third guy. Uh, this is our Tristan. cousin. Yeah, it's just it's the old time guest, Tristan. <laughs> <Old> -time guest. <laughs> um. No, Tristan said, um, screw this movie. I just want to talk about Barbie. Um, and she's valid. Yeah. And uh, so she's on our Barbie episode, if you haven't watched that one. And she talks about um, her love of pink and Barbies um, in that movie. But um, unbeknownst to us, Josh and his wife uh, were in the movie theater with us. Yeah. And so after the movie, they were like, hey, guys. Um, and then when Tristan said she didn't really want to talk about uh, Oppenheimer, I was like, hey, Josh, uh, you want to come talk about some Oppenheimer? Um, yeah, dude. So, uh, so yeah, this is uh, Josh Cousin and the guest of the week. This is Josh if Cousin. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Unfortunately, you are doing this for free. I'm not yeah, paying you. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm good at it, so that's okay. That's a Dark Knight one. Yeah. He said his favorite was Dark Knight. So oh, good, good. Great movie. Um, okay, so... Uh, um, just a preface. Um, this is the Barbenheimer review. Um, if you we release both Barbie and Oppenheimer separately, um, so if you have not watched our Barbie episode or want to hear those thoughts, it is a separate episode. Uh, this one is Oppenheimer. Um, so I and my wife watched both of them back to back. Trevor watched, uh, so we did the double feature. Trevor watched it on Wednesday and Thursday, and Josh also did a double feature. It yep. was just a little spread out. Uh, 10 a.m. Oppenheimer, and then 10.45 Barbie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He pulled nice. a Trevor. A nice fat break in there. I was, I was good. Bethany, my wife, she normally falls asleep in movies, but not during this one. Oh, good. I love good. it. Good. 
Um, okay, um, so yeah, I just wanted to get the formalities out of the way. Uh, before we get into the review of Oppenheimer, we do have a first-time guest. Woo-hoo. So we have to do our first guest interview just so our oh, whole wow. audience kind of knows um, uh, whether or not to take any of the, his opinions uh, to heart. Um, <laughs> and I say the same thing for myself or Trevor or any other <laughs> guest uh, because everyone has their own movie opinions. Yeah, and tastes. Yeah, everyone has different tastes. So uh, you can kind of give some of your favorite movies so kind of people kind of know uh, your style and what you kind of like. Um, and then if you have a few that you... Uh, very much dislike, which it sounded like beforehand. You don't have too many, um, but maybe you thought of a few. But yeah, you can yeah. kind of give your your favorite and some of your least favorite. It's not a yeah. strict amount. Uh, you say as much as you want or as little. So I mean, kind of like you know the letterbox top four. Um, yeah, I already see it on there. Number yeah, ready for it. you know it. Um, number one, which has caused quite a controversy on the show, is Blues Brothers. Oh yeah, because yeah. I, I haven't seen, seen it. it. <laughs> um, that's my all-time favorite. Man, I love that movie so much. What's that? A uh, um, uh, it's it's 128 miles to Chicago. It's we got half pack of cigarettes. It's dark outside. And we're, we're wearing, wearing sunglasses. sunglasses. <laughs> Hit it. Ah, so good. Um, so that's like my go-to. I'm watching a million times. Um, Sing Street. Which is Woo. yeah, you know it. You guys know it, but it's not a lot of one of my do. favorites. Yeah, um, Irish film, really, really good. Takes place during the Troubles, and and you know, but it doesn't. It's not about the Troubles. It's just about being a kid at that time and making music. And I really love that story. So, a real quick, a little yeah, peek behind the curtain. Josh is a history teacher. Yes. What what is the Troubles? The Troubles <laughs> uh, was the it was a war, an ongoing military conflict between Ireland. Um, Irish separatists and the British occupation oh. of Ireland. And, um, okay. Yeah. Well, history lesson. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know it take, yeah. took place during that. It's Just very, <laughs> I mean, it's not really like the focus of the story, no, no. but it's going on in the background. And it's why, like, everything is so drab and drear, besides the fact that it's like Ireland and the UK and Making all that music stuff. videos. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just about being a kid, but that is like part of why, like, there's economic struggles yeah. and stuff like that um, in that story. Um, I always put into the Spider Verse in there. I've been a Spider Man fan since I was a little kid, and that story is just awesome. So good. The music, the score, the use of music in that film, uh, so good. Um, and so, then, are you uh, more on Into the Spider Verse or Across the Spider Verse? I mean, I think, I think still Into the Spider Verse. We'll see what happens with Across Part Two. That's where I'm at. You know, Everyone, like, it's just like, but guys, it's not Part Two. It's beyond, beyond the Spider Verse. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to see where that goes first, but yeah. And I just that what's up danger scene, like where Miles mm-hmm. really figures out what he can do. Uh, mm, ah, so good. Yeah. It's choice. And then Empire Strikes Back. Will always, always Star be Wars. There ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Always been one of my favorites. Um, my fifth alternating one that kind of gets subbed out sometimes is Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Yeah. I love good the pick. music in that movie. I love the video gamey feel, the comic mm-hmm. booky feel. Yeah. And uh, great adaptation, yeah, really do love that one. Probably one of the best to do the comic book slash yeah video yeah. game style in a movie. And really I think it's funny it. that people will be like, when people answer that was Scott Pilgrim was their favorite comic book movie. I I, I just love when people answer that because that's an that's a real answer because yeah. yeah. it's a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like, was it a video game first or? No, it was a comic book. So well, I meant like, was it a comic book, then a video game, then the movie? Or was it comic book, movie, then video game? I think it's the second one. I okay. think it's movie, yeah. co- movie, video game. Okay. Because so I know people love the video game yeah. too, but yeah. that's... And the Xboxes that have that original game on there were going for like thousands <laughs> yeah. of dollars. Before they remade it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think I, I realized that I like movies about music a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> you put 
Blues Brothers, Sing Street. You got to get on some Damien Chazelle, man. Yeah. Yes, um, La La Land, yeah. oh, Whiplash. La La Land. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Three uh, movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, least favorite movies. Tar for you, I guess. Tar is so good. Yeah, I'm not a. I'm. I'm That's I'm, not Damien Chazelle though. That's a. Uh, no, it's not. I, I was just saying movies about oh, yeah, music. Uh, yeah. music. music. Yeah. Tar is yeah. another one of those. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Tar or Babylon, but <laughs> okay. Least favorite. Like I said, I don't really. Like, if it's a movie I think I'm not going to like, I just don't watch it. Like, I don't really <laughs> like uh, horror movies. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that uncomfortable feeling the sure. whole time. I'll, I'll like some of them, but, like, generally speaking, like, uh, that's why I didn't go see, like, Insidious with you guys and all that stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I did ask you. Because I, like, <laughs> I didn't no want to go by myself. <laughs> you don't want to be scared in the theater by yourself? I just <laughs> didn't want to go alone, man. I asked, like, four people, and they were all like, no, not like, no, you know, but no, I get it. Um. I mean, like, I joke in this. We got into this the other day on Twitter. Like, I'm a professional Matthew McConaughey hater. Yes, you oh, did yeah. say this. Yeah. <laughs> That's more to do with his, like, personal antics. Like, mm. I'm, you guys the know Lincoln this. The Lincoln commercials. Yeah, like, the Lincoln commercials. And, like, you know this. I'm a big fan of Kansas K-State. State. He's a big my Texas alma mater, guy. And he's a big <laughs> Texas guy. And, like, yeah. there's this, this gif or clip of him. He's, like, the administrator of culture or something like that yeah. for Texas. And He's at a basketball game, and, and the basketball players are, like, on the bench in a timeout, and he, like, gets up onto the court and is like, get up, get up. And I'm like, what are you doing? You, yeah. Just some guy. You're not a coach. Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy, and, like, I think yeah. he actually has done some pretty good, like, charity work and stuff like that, but every now and then I'm just like. <laughs> you cringe. He's, you feel like he's a cringeworthy actor. Yeah. Uh, he's off, not bad by any means. Off the but. screen, yeah. That's kind of like Tom Cruise. I mean, not so long ago, like people, but they weren't hating on Tom Cruise, but it was like, oh, the way he's with women and the Scientology stuff, yeah. and we, he's kind of gross. But the past like couple of years, people have really turned around on him as a person. Yeah. People always say that about Leo, too, until, oh, yeah, yeah. until he comes out with another banger and people forget about it for a year <laughs> and a half, true. and then it's slowly and then he gets a new girlfriend, they're like, hey, wait a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait a second. How old is she? Yeah, yeah. right. And how old was it, the one that you just broke up with? Yeah. yeah. The same age. What? <laughs> what? But you're old. No, okay. You're <laughs> 65. <laughs> and she's 21? Okay. Yeah. It's just like uh, for Days and Confused. That's yeah. right. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> it all co- full circle. It all comes <laughs> back. <laughs> uh, I guess Leo saw that as a young adult and really took it to heart. Yeah. <laughs> he decided to stick yes. with college-age chicks instead of high school, yeah. but, yeah. you know. um okay uh well there you go there's a couple um it's just it's there's no movies he dislikes it's just matthew mcconaughey that he doesn't like yeah (laughs) and uh and if he doesn't want to watch it if he thinks it's going to be bad he's like i'm not going to waste my time uh whereas some of us torture ourselves for the possibility of it being good it's a curse yes um okay now we're getting into we're going to talk about oppenheimer what everybody is uh here to listen to our thoughts about um it's just christopher nolan's um i think like 10th or 11th yeah i was thinking upper upper 10 like eight or nine nine, something like that 12th 12th yeah 12th feature because he has following insomnia uh prestige oppenheimer the batman trilogy Memento. Memento. Tenant, Dunkirk, Inception, and Interstellar. Um, I uh, I do want all of us to say our favorite Christopher Nolan movies real quick. Oh. Um, mine, in- Interstellar, by far. Every time I watch it, it just gets that much better. Um, but I also don't think he has a miss. 
Like Prestige yeah, was my favorite. They're all up there. Prestige was one of my favorites for a long time, past the Dark Knight trilogy, and then I kind of got in my Batman phase and really liked the Dark Knight, and then I kind of got out of my Batman phase, and then Tenet came out, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then I watched Interstellar, and was like, nope, this is it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to this soundtrack at least once a week. I feel like when you talk about the Christopher Nolan movies, you like you have to say your favorite like Nolan original, and then it's like, which one's your favorite Batman, mm. almost. Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. Because I, I feel like in that conversation... Like you said, like everyone has like a Batman phase where they're like, no, Nolan's Batman's are the like they're up there. Yeah, but anyway, and it's a little thought at the bottom of my head. Intrusive and then thought. I'm sorry. The Batman <laughs> happened, and oof. Now people are. Uh, but guess what? They can both be good. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> know that. Enjoy them all. That's good. That's right. Um, even if you want to enjoy the old Batman movies like hey, you man, do. Batman 89 yeah. holds up. Good. It's good. Um, okay, well, what's your favorite? Tenet. Tenet. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And then Josh. Um, I mean, like, Dark Knight is definitely always going to be up there. Um, but, I mean, we'll see the other history movie, Dunkirk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a great movie. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few people that say that, uh, I think it was Quentin Tarantino. I think it was Quentin you know that said dunkirk has the best like war shot of yeah all time. i feel mm. like i did see that yeah um i could see that i also saw a photo of him purchasing a ticket for barbie I on twitter recently <laughs> that was kind of fun <laughs> i, I mean to be that. fair he just wanted to see margot robbie's I feet was <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was in the trailer he's like i'm gonna get all of this prints across the theater <laughs> um I mean, I feel like he already shot her feet, so like he should be good. But I guess you know, the more maybe bigger screen, you know, <laughs> gotta get that That's seventy right. millimeter. Yeah, nice experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know the joke that was going around of Oppenheimer, the person that sat in the front, very the front row of seventy. <laughs> that that. That's Quentin Tarantino for Barbie, for Barbie, just waiting for the foot to come up on the screen. That's right. He wants to be right next to him <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, so yeah, now we got some, uh, not rankings, but at least some uh, um, favorites. And uh, yeah, let's just get right into general thoughts of Oppenheimer. Trevor, what was your uh, general thoughts I, on this movie? So I'll, I'll, I'll say this with the same thing I started with my letterbox review with, is I shouldn't doubt Nolan. <laughs> and I kind it kind of hit me during this. This isn't the first movie where he just kind of drops you in the middle of the action. Um I found the first act pretty confusing for a little bit. Not confusing. You can figure it out fairly quickly, but it's it's fast pace and you don't necessarily know what means what. Like all the shots with Robert Downey are like all in black and white. Yeah. There's and he's talking about an event that happened like before, but it's not where the movie actually starts in the timeline. Yes, there's a lot of time jumping in this movie. Yeah. And I think they do a good job of yeah communicating when it is in time but at the beginning you're not quite there yet. right and yeah. They, and yeah and that was my next, and but that kind of made me think of like tenant does that uh i'm trying to look at your list here i think inception does that a little bit memento um, definitely does it yeah and i think also with memento by this end of memento or at least the third act i think the same thing with this movie everything wraps up so incredibly well like at like so plot twist, the bomb drops. But after the bomb huh. drops, I was on the edge of my seat for mm -hmm. the rest of the, and it was just talking. Yeah. They're just talking the whole time, but it was very, anyway, overall, very, I mean, the acting was great. The, the only, 
very minute problem I have is uh, <laughs> I don't know how big of a fan I am of Ludwig Göransson, the composer. Um, Son of a he, bitch. I know. He, and he just won the Oscar. Well, part of it is because he just won the Oscar for... Uh, uh, Dune? No, the other one. That oh. was Hans Zimmer. Uh, he won for That's why I was All confused. Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, oh. He, I was oh. like, Dune definitely won score, I and thought. It did, yeah. Okay, That okay. was two years ago. Oh. Um, Babylon, in my opinion, Babylon, Babylon should have absolutely won best score. And so you're just salty. Well, and he also, he just does, he does music like Hans Zimmer. He just, it's all very Hans Zimmer-esque. And I, if I want to listen to Hans Zimmer... I'll go listen to Hans Zimmer, but my that and that's not even really my issue. That's my that's my pettiness. My issue with the movie in its regard is, I thought and Easton, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit off air. I thought the music was almost suffocating with how much is in it. When yep. it's good, it's great, but when it's fine, it almost pulled me out of yeah. it. Where uh, on on the opposite end of the spectrum, I thought the the music was so empowering and overbearing that it was like purposeful and mm-hmm. i liked that about it cuz it made you extremely uneasy throughout when it like is yeah. Yeah. like it communicated that like um kind of that inner tension yeah and uh the weight of everything that's going on um and like you just have like discussions happening a lot but if you have this music that's just so just heavy over the top it like it like feels like it put the weight on top, which is what it needed. Yeah, because this is obviously a very heavy story, yeah. right? Um, right. that's masked in a lot of different, you know, moving parts and just like, uh, I was talking about this with a with a friend. Uh, this like, Nolan usually has, uh, something in his movies that, uh, moves the story along to keep you engaged, um, action wise. This movie is the first one since his early days that doesn't have that. There is no action yeah. at, in this at all. There's nothing that moves you from one scene to the next to keep you engaged in a visual. Well, I mean, there's a lot of visual stuff, but like visual, like action stuff right, that like right. you're you're waiting. There's for this no piece. like inception. There's, there's no build up to this this piece of action to see if they can get past this moment, and then you get some talking, you get some explanation, and then you get some build up and some tension right. to get to the action piece again. Like there's there's no tension there. Um, so he has to find other ways of doing that. Right. And I think the overbearing music was a way to do yeah. it, which is also why I absolutely recommend anybody to go. Everybody should go watch this either in IMAX or in Dolby. Yeah. Um, I always suggest Dolby because I'm a kind of a sound guru. I love the, oh, like I love sound and films when they're good. Like it, it's yeah. So I would choose Dolby over IMAX, but I know IMAX still has good sound, and obviously the picture is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and if you're somehow lucky enough to get a 70 millimeter watch of it, <laughs> then good for you and go do that. Of course, yeah, bring but, your welder's glass. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was. Uh, a lot of people have found out that there's not a lot of 70 millimeter <laughs> IMAXs. I can handle the 11 mile. Um, yeah, because there's only else. like I can't remember the exact number, but obviously, like every I don't, I mean, Regal, there's different places that ha- all have IMAX, but uh, like ours is Regal, but it's not a 70 millimeter yeah, IMAX. Yeah. Those are only select places, and like you have to be in Dallas, New York. Big cities, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Las Vegas may have some. California's got obviously a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people were upset that <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to watch it in 70 millimeter. I'm like, like wait a minute, mm, what? 
No, you're, <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're sorry. you're watching it in uh, Nebraska. Okay, you're, this, <laughs> yours does not have. Uh, and we're watching it in Wichita. We don't have yeah, a 70 yeah. millimeter, nor should we. You know, um, I was surprised Kansas City didn't. But mm. yeah, I think St. Louis is the closest one. Okay. If I or okay. maybe maybe Dallas, I guess is. I think St. Louis is a little closer than Dallas. But I don't know. I know that there's one like within a seven hour drive, but I definitely wasn't doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, that was. We were just no, talking about sound. Yeah. No, and those I mean, those are really my two big gripes. Are, are just not and they're not even gripes, they're just like yeah. personal things. It's, I think the first I think the first act is a little a, a little confusing, but that doesn't last very long. And then I think and then you and I said my thoughts on the music. So yeah. Yeah. More than that. Josh, just general thoughts without spoiling anything. I mean, I guess yeah. this is a historic movie that yeah. <laughs> kind of is already spoiled if you know anything about the atomic bomb, but you know, still holds some but still, stuff. I think there's a lot that, that can be discovered without knowing. I yeah, mean, like, obviously you know the big point. The bomb's going to get built. You know that the whole time, and even in that moment, you're still like, "What's going to happen?" Yeah, yeah. right. Um, I really, really like this a lot. Um, I can't remember if you mentioned it or not, but I am a history teacher. Yep. And so, like history, I've taught American history. I've talked a little bit about Oppenheimer. I mean, at the high school level, we, we don't really get beyond like, "This is the guy who built it," and then we talk about <laughs> the process of like the bombing and choosing you don't bring up that he might have been a communist yeah i mean like i mean you can but it's just it doesn't tend to be relevant yeah sure. maybe you can tie it back into your red scare stuff and talk about which this movie does really well yeah um but i just you know and, and i actually sometimes have a hard time watching historical movies because i'm i'm looking for the inaccuracies i'm looking for the like propagandized storytelling and there was definitely worries i had about how they'd handle all that in this movie because like that question of should or should not the bombs been used against Japan is like it, it's a debate that happens in every classroom and a lot of people have really strict opinions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this movie handled it really well as far as like the military perspective was at least let's use these for reason A or B. Whether you want to say it was to, to force a surrender from Japan, whether you say it was to scare the Russians, whatever you want to say. Um, I thought they did a really good job handling that. Yeah. And they showing handled Oppenheimer's them. perspective, showing the military perspective, mm-hmm. all of that. I thought that was really, really good. Um, they did do a great job of, like, the military was obviously very heavily involved in this entire story because yeah. they funded the entire thing. But they did a great job of not making this a military propaganda no. movie, which is what a lot of people were scared of. Yeah, I, I, was, um, I was definitely worried about that. Yeah. And Matt Damon does a great job portraying both that of of like this mil this I think he's a general or something, being that general, but also going being, to be yeah, but yeah. then also being the liaison to to Oppenheimer yeah yeah no and I and I think I mean if you watch this and, and your takeaway is that it's like a pro nuclear war movie then you've missed the <laughs> yeah, point yeah yes one hundred percent you've missed no. the entire point of the film yeah. like it does not glorify that process in in any way it even um, doesn't even glorify Oppenheimer no it's just telling the moral ambiguity of this person and yeah. how insanely complex his life and how he got to that point his reasonings and how he emotionally changed throughout the process of everything yeah um and how like yeah how messed up he like yeah i thought kind of was and was not not painting him as a hero yeah um and i'm not an oppenheimer expert like i haven't read american prometheus which is the book that this movie is largely based on mm. um there's a quote from that in the beginning, isn't there? Doesn't um, it open with a... Well, the myth of Prometheus. Yeah, Prometheus yeah. stole the fire from the gods or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, which, you know, people... In the, in the title of that book, obviously, compare Oppenheimer to Prometheus for, for creating the nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, obviously, there's always room for improvement in history, but like that's, I thought they did a really good job telling the story they wanted to tell, including the things they wanted to tell. Um, there's that funny nitpick people say in Twitter about the 50 star flag being in a scene. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. but like you know, sorry, props director, that sucks. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I even I was like really hoping that like it was just like misread yeah. and yeah it's it's what would we have fifty what would we have not had yet Hawaii, Hawaii and Alaska. Alaska oh Hawaii and Alaska I yeah. thought it was just one of those but no yeah I think we got them pretty much at the same time there's a little bit of a gap but yeah the, it, but the flag changed only once no it changed twice really yeah oh. there's a forty nine star flag. Okay. It wasn't for super long. Well, it wasn't on the wiki. That's really what it was. We just, we just <laughs> At least I think so. I mean, like, I, I just looked on wiki and I was like, okay, when were the kind of like changes? Because I, I just Googled it when I saw the yeah. tweet and like no source was really telling me anything other than wiki. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think uh, I'm not an expert on flag renditions, but yeah. I do know that once you know how to spot the 50 star flag, it's really easy and that's definitely not a 50 star flag. <laughs> or it is a 50 star flag. Well, it shouldn't be. Well, the symmetrical. The 48, well, the 48 and the 50 look extremely similar. It's the 46 or whatever that looks much different. Because hmm. the 48, they both have the diagonal things. The do they? I thought 48 was on the grid. No. Uh, that's that's what was. on the, the windows where it's like long line of stars, short line of stars, long line of stars. Uh, that they're both they both have that cross. I mean, this is just what I looked up ah, okay. yesterday when I saw the tweet. Yeah. Um, but you can tell because on the the far side of it, you can just count, and if there's five, that's true. Yeah. That's there's fifty, and if there's four, then it's the forty-eight. Okay. And there was five, so it was still the fifty-five. But I did see people saying, "Oh, they should have been grit." Like it would have been the grids. I mean, I guess I have Google right here. Um. You know, there's, there's the question of, like, should there have been more Japanese perspective? And at first I was thinking probably, but I think as I've reflected more and more, I think that wasn't the purpose of this film. Like, well, without like, making it a spoiler, like, this movie's almost not about the atomic bomb in a lot of ways. I mean, it is. Yeah, and I to give a, a, a very minor spoiler, I mean, we are quoting history. Yeah. I mean, at least history is as, as it has been presented to us. Yeah. Um, I think, and because I think... In, you know, Oppenheimer never watches a news. He listens to a news broadcast, but he yeah. never watches a news broadcast. He never like, and after his involvement with Los Alamos, he never like that. Never, he he kind of just goes into his like that moral ambiguity of like, is, did I do the right thing? And I think it's represented to us to kind of feel for Japan at that time in terms of the, the trucks being taken, taking the bombs away. Cause mm -hmm. it's like Oppenheimer did it. And I think you can kind of tell in his mind, at least from the movie perspective is like, did I do the right? Like I thought we were going to like run more tests. I thought like there was, there's more to do here. And they were like, Nope, it works. See you later. Yeah. And then that was just kind of that. And so I think you're supposed to be, I think maybe that's where that desire is coming from is they're like, well, we want to see the fruition of that. But you kind of just have to do be in the shoes of Oppenheimer and be like, yeah. yeah, your life's work was just taken away potentially to be used to kill thousands of, or millions of yeah. people. Or Not potentially. It, well, in his mind, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and peek behind the curtain, real Oppenheimer was not against using the bombs. Um, he was kind of a, the, at least I, I skimmed um, cynical historian on YouTube cipher. He's a really good historian on YouTube for looking at this kind of stuff. He does a lot of stuff about movies. Um, 
Oppenheimer was pro using the bomb to show that it was this powerful thing that probably shouldn't be done again. Kind of like mustard gas in World War One, that it'd be like this shock and awe, and then everyone would go, "Okay, that's a really bad idea. Let's not do that again." World War Two is over. He's on Earth, and then obviously it didn't play out that way. Um, <laughs> I think the movie shows that pretty well, though, um, because yeah. he's trying. He's actively trying to get on the Manhattan Project because he wants to use it on the Germans because yeah. he thinks it's going to save uh, all of the Jews and yeah. the Gypsies and everybody and that's getting slaughtered. Himself, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I just, so uh, forty-eight is a grit. Is okay. a straight. It's forty-nine that also. That's what turns into the off, and then fifty is also oh. off. So yeah, forty six stars is kind of a off grid thing, and then forty eight is a straight up grid, and then forty nine and fifty are. Gotcha. But um, also, like, who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, <laughs> so I say we're talking a lot about the flag here. It's a, it was <laughs> a funny <laughs> thing. Um, Pe- people find people find things. No, they'll, I love always find. Things. I really love that this story was not like a military story. Like I said, I mean, the military is there, and they're this kind of omnipresent. Mm-hmm thing which is what they were to the scientists um but it really this is a story about oppenheimer it's a story about the red scare Mm -hmm. um and like the role that like his leftist background even if it wasn't fully committed affected his life and his his professional life which is very accurate to the time um and not something that's always recognized about what it meant to to be in that that political wing at that time and i think that's really cool um i mean the sound is incredible the visuals are I mean, we all saw it. It's stunning. Um, I really, really like this a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's much more of a, like, college classroom scientist movie than it is a military movie, and that's what makes it completely yeah. different than... And, like, political thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's a very, uh, very political <laughs> uh, movie that, yeah, it does talk about... Communism and uh, unions and uh, how opposed uh, government people were uh, and how scared they were of that influence during that time. Yeah. Um, it's like the, it, if you had the possibility of being red, meaning communism red, yeah. Um, then, yeah, they didn't want you anything to do with with uh, um, the government because they thought you would be a spy. Or any position of influence. I mean, yeah. Hollywood, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. I'll kind of give my general thoughts here. Um. I thought this was absolutely fantastic from the first five minutes. I was already enthralled and enwrapped with uh what I was seeing on screen. Um. I do think the first. Uh. A lot of people have said the first hour is slow and kind of a little boring. Um. I found it to be the complete opposite of learning how. Oppenheimer kind of rose into the position that he was. I thought it was extremely interesting and how morally complex his character was um, with going in and out of different political parties and like going to them and supporting them, but not being a part of them, yeah. I think is extremely, uh, it's a good thing to show because there's like, we need more people to have um, ideological, like uh, um, individual, uh, individual, individual ideologies yeah Yeah. um where like you can support that other people talking about their beliefs and having their ideas and also maybe having some of those ideas too but not being a part of the party because whatever party that is because you don't believe in everything that they stand for you just have ideas that align with some of them so you're going to be friends with them because you have ideas that match um 
I think that's a very important thing to see specifically now because of our political climate and people jumping to one side or the other. And I think uh, individual thought and, and having ideas and, you know, whatever you is, is good. And I think they showed him with that very well. Um, and how uh, opposed people were to him because of that. They wanted him to either be one thing or not. Uh, the teachers wanted him to be this thing and he wasn't going to do it. And then the students, you know, wanted him to join the the party and he's like no i just you know i'm gonna think the way i think brother i guess you can join but <laughs> i'm not going to um and is known as a fellow traveler yeah that's what they call okay. that <laughs> um yeah i thought all of that was extremely interesting um and i loved what they did with the the visuals um to kind of show the the i just took it as i don't i couldn't explain what i was feeling but it was making me feel something that I was feeling like I was on par with Oppenheimer during that time. Um, Cause I was kind of during his early ages when he was trying to figure himself out and it would just cut to these weird visuals of, um, I mean, some of it was like the atomics breaking mm -hmm. and stuff, but other of it was like this blue little ring. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and I, I, I didn't understand it, but it made me feel an emotion that I, that I felt connected to Oppenheimer at that time with it. And so I was extremely enthralled by that, those, those scenes, yeah. even though I didn't understand what I was like, why I was feeling that way. Um, to the point where like, I almost kind of want, um, an extended version of this, even though it's already three hours, um, <laughs> uh, because I feel like they had to have cut some of the, um, his upbringing because that's not, yeah. that's, that, that's not the, um, I don't. It's, I don't want to say it's not the point, but like it's not the it's not the focus of the film. The uh, the emotion of the last two hours is what the point is, and it's showing what happened to Oppenheimer and what Oppenheimer did and his moral change and his emotional change throughout the process, and uh, all of that is much more important than what he did in the beginning of his life. Um, but I was very interested by it because yeah. we kind of got him in a classroom, uh, a theoretical physicist that like. I guess was kind of struggling. And then he just automatically is like a renowned theoretical physicist. We didn't get kind of like a, yeah, where that process went. Cause I don't think it was important to the story, but I'm just interested in, and I'm sure they shot stuff. So I'd yeah. be interested. And to I, see I, th it. I could be wrong, but I think that kind of is supposed to highlight the fact that like that field developed really fast at that time. Yeah, that's, like that's very starts, true. And I don't, and I don't I, know the full history of and it. And there's a line he says where they're like, "What well, he? Where? Why would you like, go to? Why America? would you go to America? Yeah, they have none. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'll create it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's like they needed someone, and he was there. Yeah, but I just also mean like in in the UK. I think that's where he was. Europe, UK. Somewhere. He was in the UK. He was in the Netherlands. He was in yeah. places. Um, but in those areas, um, he like he was a renowned physicist there. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Like, he went from being... He was studying at Cambridge? I, I can't so. remember. Yeah. It was with the apple and all that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I loved that scene. Um, <laughs> True story. Because, yeah, because it. I think it showed, like, he has this capacity to do evil, um, but he has a moral qualm with it. So he's yeah. not... He's not full psychopath, but he yeah. kind of has t some tendencies and has the ability to do it, but he has a moral conscience to stop him from yeah. from doing it. So I thought that was, I really liked that that scene. Well, we've all been there, injecting a side. Not <laughs> <into it now. laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I did find it that scene also to be really funny. They slaps the apple and throws it in the trash, and like nobody really. They just like okay, yeah. <laughs> well, he says it. Does he say there's worms or something like that, or worms got in it? Does he say that? I got, it happens fast. I yeah, don't I don't remember him saying anything. But even then, that would still be. Yeah, and in real life, there was a lot more repercussions for that moment. Really? Yeah, his his father actually had to go and like kind of plead his case. I think there is some debate over whether or not he truly tried to poison, but like we know that his dad went to the school and was like, "Hey, Oppie's going through a tough time," and he went to like some counseling and some psychotherapy for at the time, and so well, he wasn't eating or sleeping, so that's not good. Yeah, so he didn't get, up get some insomnia. Huh? Oh yeah, um, yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, I, I just very much like that first hour, even though it's not, and I just wanted to highlight it because it's not something that's being you know not a lot of people have said that that's a, a piece that they like and it was one that i did yeah um but um uh, i think i was like the first hour is great and the last hour i mean the whole movie's great but like the first hour i very much liked and then this after the bomb is dropped uh-huh. uh testing bomb i should say um all of that i thought that was the end of the movie yeah um yeah. i when i went into the movie i thought the bomb being dropped uh, the test bomb being dropped. And then I thought they would probably reference the fact that it got actually dropped. Um, but I thought that was kind of, that was going to be like the end. Um, and it wasn't, we had a whole other, um, I guess I shouldn't spoil too much, but, uh, there's a whole hour of, of stuff after that. And, um, all of the aftermath personally, uh, it was a personal aftermath. They didn't, I mean, they did kind of reference the aftermath of, Hiroshima and uh, Nasasaki, but it wasn't like they don't show it. They don't go to it. I know that some people have said that's something they dislike is that they don't show the legitimate aftermath. Um, yeah. But we see the aftermath that it took on Oppenheimer, which yeah. I think yeah. is important. You feel because, the devastation in a, in a unique way. Yes, yeah. they they have a they do have a scene um, that I won't say too much about, but they have a scene to uh, relay the devastation um, that it did not only on. Uh, I mean, you're. I think it shows you, or non. It doesn't actually show you, but through the scene, it it tells yeah. you what Context. it actually did, yeah. and then it also shows what it did to the people that made the bomb and how it, like, just seeing what it actually did, changed them as well. Yeah. Um. Because I think a lot of not all of them, but I think maybe I think it shows that a lot of the scientists were, um, almost doing it out of just uh, academic, um, wonder. Yeah, you know, trying to see if this is something that they could possibly do. Well, yeah, and I, it's almost like they're more concerned with the splitting of the because isn't that what it is? Is it, it splits an atom? Isn't that how the bomb works? Or something that's like that? that's definitely a piece or of it. Yeah, of it. The fission bomb does. Yeah. Well, it's like like the, the in the, the beginning the explosion they talk is the byproduct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they they talk about earlier in the movie that uh, the Russians split the atom. Um, pretty yeah. early in the movie, and they're like, "That's impossible. You can't split an atom." And then that's what kind of gets all of that going yeah. i don't know if yeah that's i mean is the atomic bomb i assume it has something to do with yeah well and yeah and it's the hydrogen bomb right the hydrogen it's bomb's the that's second the later one. development yeah. oh yeah. okay that's the bigger one that the uh that they mentioned yeah, yeah. and that that guy wants to do wants but to it, yeah. i think they just uh one they didn't think it was possible and they needed something they knew was both theoret- theoretically possible and yeah practically possible and so they were like we can't spend two and a half years making something that we don't even think is theoretically possible and end up it was and what oppenheimer says in this movie is it also was not needed 
There was no yeah. reason to oh, have to make, yeah. a hydrogen bomb and drop it on these cities because it would have done way more than what they needed to do. Yeah, which I think kind of gets into his belief was like it wasn't about proliferation yet, and that's not what he wanted. Yeah, but we haven't talked a lot about a uh, Florence Pugh and Emily Emily Blunt especially oh, both are, so are both very good <sighs> in this. Hot take: I did not think Emily Blunt was all that great until the one scene that she took over. Oh, really? Um, yeah, That's I was. I was fair. not a big uh, fan of. I think it may have been a piece of. I wasn't a big fan of her character, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that was obviously intentional and probably true that her wife or his wife did have some severe mental issues that she was dealing throughout the entirety of uh, her life, and yeah. I think it showcased it in a unique way. Yeah. Um, she's also dealing with him. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. she's going through a mental crisis because of everything that she's being put through. And okay. she was, her husband died, and then he she got a divorce. And, um, yeah, he yeah. cheated. And, you know, there's a bunch of different stuff. But I also, ju- I, I was just saying, I'm, I've seen a lot of people talk about Emily Blunt in this movie. And I thought she was not the best, but she does steal one scene. Yeah. And she does fantastic in it. She, like, drops... I yeah. think there's another scene. I don't want to, it's still a little spoilery, but sure. there's another scene I think she does really well okay. into. Yeah, 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 you can definitely. But, uh, there's a, I remember there being some speculation about Florence Pugh there being a sex scene that was 15 like, minutes long. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's everybody was saying. Yeah, yeah because I didn't, okay. Yeah, because I didn't get that. I, no. or I thought it was like. I thought I thought it was a joke. Okay, cool. Good. No, people. I, thought I was missing something when I saw the movie. But no, it it was just uh, like five minutes. Yeah, and they were like having sex, but also talking, and so like it kind of yeah. dragged out the yeah. scene a little bit. But it was still only maybe. And then they're reading poetry. Yeah, <laughs> not poetry, hey. religious scriptures. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, hey, some whatever turns the lady on, I guess. Um, but then you get another one later on. That's probably that one hit harder. I think yeah. it just you know, but. Because it yeah. wasn't a fling anymore. Well, just like how, like that, we're seeing that through Emily Blunt's eyes. Spoilers. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, they both did really good. Um, there could have been more women in this movie, which would have been more accurate to the Manhattan Project and in, in, in Los Alamos. But it was fine. I mean, like I, I we do see that one kind of minor female character. I don't know her name, and I don't know the actress either, but she did really well. She did, yes. Yeah. There's there's one main uh, female scientist that I did think that was a little weird. Um, now, I didn't know the historical context of whether or not it was a overly male scientific field. I mean, um, it was because everything was, but there were women. Yeah, and they, I, they did show there was only one vocal woman scientist, yeah. and there were other ones, but they were just shown, like, at the commune. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of assumed that they were just like wives. Well, I, there's there's a scene specifically where they're talking about the moral am- ambiguity of what they're mm-hmm. doing and trying to like talking about shutting it down. Yeah. And in that scene, I thought that those were all the scientists, not mm. not the not the okay husband. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and there yeah. were a lot. There was a lot bigger mix of. There was a bigger mix. Of yeah, that, and yeah. and I think that like there were obviously more scientists than just the core eight. Yeah. Or whatever that yeah. we saw, and I thought that was all of yeah. them in, in a room just, talking that's just about historical it. movies. You have to compress and compile people. And yeah. yeah, yeah. Speaking of historical movies, so this is Christopher Nolan's third movie based off of an adapted script. The other two being Prestige and Memento. Oh, um, but this is his first biopic. How do we think that he did? I mean, spoiler alert! Fantastic. <laughs> I thought he did really well. Yeah, I think. 
I I also think he did really well. I think it's not as strong as his more original properties. That's fair. And I, it's, I, I mean, think we're, it's just we're different. talking by inches. Yeah. <laughs> but, I just think it's different. Yeah. I, I, I don't, like, it's just such a different thing to have an entire movie through the focus of a singular character. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he almost does that the entire movie. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Which is good. I, I need to. an interview with Matt Damon where he talked about when, when um, Nolan pitched him the script, the script that they gave him is a first-person script from Oppenheimer's point of view. Oh, wow. And he's like, I want the characters to, to be the, the supporting role for this. And then I'm sure, obviously, they went back and road lines and such but sure, sure. I was like whoa that's really cool that's yeah. neat yeah yeah I mean <laughs> Cecilian Murphy was in what two hours and oh, 40 Killian minutes Murphy. of this movie yeah. huh Killian Killian, Killian? oh yeah. Cecilian Killian I know it's Cecilia so that's, that's <laughs> kind of no, put kidding. it in there um but I he had to have been in two hours and 45 minutes oh, of this yeah. movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean he was real. in every scene um and putting in really the work well. yeah he was um, and it only had like what a hundred million dollar budget, so he didn't make crazy money. Well, they had to use all that money on explosives. They did. I mean, I'm sure it was just a lot of dynamite. That's not that expensive. <laughs> well, and I, they did not the Joker from Dark Knight. <laughs> they did, uh, yeah. yeah, they did not drop uh, an atom bomb for yeah. the filming of Idiots. this. <laughs> as cool as cool as that would have been, that would have been. Absolutely devastating and terrible to do. So yeah. they did not do that. No. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not idiots. I'm sorry, but that joke got way out of hand, way fast, yeah. and I was like, okay, we reel it back in. People, it was great <laughs> as a joke, but then there it started. People started not realizing that it was a joke, and yeah, that's right. when it started becoming a problem. When Christopher Nolan had to acknowledge it and say he did not drop a bomb, <laughs> drop an atomic bomb for the filming of Oppenheimer. Yeah, it went a did little. He say, like I'm flattered, but no, yes, no, <laughs> he was like I'm flattered and scared that you guys believe that I would actually drop an well, atomic bomb look for at this Michael movie. Michael Bay, who like just has a tank in his front yard or did for a period of time or something. Okay, that's Michael Bay, though. Um, okay, well, do you guys have any other general thought stuff that you guys want to uh, chat about? Obviously, the the cast in this is just through the roof. There are so many stars in this. Um, even small generals that have two minutes of screenplay are um, uh, Casey Affleck. I mean, it's just yeah. wherever you go. Uh, I did see a meme that, like, half of the main characters and the scientists were all like Nickelodeon yeah. actors. Yeah. It was like way more than Nickelodeon <laughs> kid actors. It was so funny. Um, but they all killed it. I mean, Josh Peck obviously is the big one, yeah. um, but there's a ton of uh, Nickelodeon or Nick or whatever, yeah. like just kid show actors in this. And they all, I mean, they all killed it. I like yeah. so many small roles that were just like, you're, you have yeah, they said like two minutes of screen time and you're going to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Robert Downey Jr. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, Dana and uh, Alan. And I uh, love that he. I think he said something like, "This is one of the best roles I've ever played," or yeah. he said something like, "This yeah. is the best role." And people were like, "Well, what about Iron Man?" I was like, "Shut up about Iron yeah. Man." <laughs> what if speak? Yeah, and uh, Alden. Uh, I can. Uh, Rich, yeah, he. Oh man, was yeah. just. I mean, he's getting the praise he deserves. Uh, off of this movie mm-hmm. i mean he only had probably seven minutes of screen time throughout all the stuff but he was just fantastic in every single one of them yeah just showing robert downey jr up which was great um and it, it brought a lot of uh the world uh showing that he's got like he's got acting prowess yeah, it's, got chops. and um solo isn't his fault 
as much and I love Solo and I liked him in it, but that like the people that didn't, they all just kind of like Hollywood kind of blacklisted yeah. him from that movie when he was not the fa- like no. he, he was not the reason why that right. movie did not do good. Um and I I do think it's kind of funny that obviously uh Woody Harrelson didn't get blacklisted, but he, I he had much more of a career before that movie. Yeah. But it was really just him um that got blacklisted. I mean, it, he was even the Emily, unknown. he was the unknown. Yeah, well, even Emily Clark still got stuff after yeah. that too. But well, and, and not to get too far into Solo, but like, and I feel like I remember there being talks about like the script was a lot of improvisation, and he was the only one that really struggled with it. Uh-oh. Like everybody else was able to kind of get into that role easily, and he was the only one that was like, "I need words to say." And he's yeah. taking over that super iconic role. I mean, like, yeah. There was the, all that debate of whether they should have just D.H. Harrison Ford for the whole movie. Oh, which was, man. I mean, I think we've all seen how that turned out with uh, <sighs> Dial well, Destiny. We didn't, I didn't watch Dial Destiny, and I don't know if I will. It, no, I haven't either, but... Okay. Uh, it, you know what? It's not terrible. If you don't look at just his face, because everything <laughs> is CG in those yeah, scenes. Yeah, that's, so. that's It's also, not the Flash. That's also just a problem with Hollywood right now, because yeah. uh, there's a big th- discussion about... Um, I mean, we'll, going a little off topic, and then we'll do recommendations, and then we'll go to spoilers. But, uh, yeah, big talk about right now, or Twitter discourse, uh, about uh, movie budgets. Oh, and yeah, yeah. how Barbie and Oppenheimer both had around $100 million budgets, um, and they've already blown through that yeah. in the box office. I think worldwide Barbie was at 335 at uh, box office weekend, and Oppenheimer was at 175, um, which is the biggest um, uh, dual movie premiere in movie history. By the way, mm. official. I um, that. yeah, it's the it's the biggest double feature. Um, there's been bigger weekends where two movies made more money, but they weren't uh, their first weekend. Gotcha. It was like, what was it? Like Frozen Two and something else, yeah. like where like they it had the staying power, and that's with one of these movies being a three hour, three hour rated R biopic. biopic, yeah, like truly amazing, nuts. Christopher Nolan to get yeah. people in like, yes, in seats. Obviously, Barbie, huge brand. Oh, that's fine, but like it's huge props to Nolan. Yeah, yeah, and I I think obviously a bit of it does have to do with the whole uh, meme of it. Oh yeah, the Barbenheimer. Alice. I think that I think that helped quite a bit, but I I think also what helped is just. They made two good movies. Yeah. And and I we said this in the Barbie episode. I'll say it again here. It was shitty what Warner Brother did. Yeah. Um Warner Brother did um release Barbie on the release that uh Christopher Nolan set for Oppenheimer because Christopher Nolan left uh Warner Brothers as their distributor or whatever. Um allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly they did this. Yeah, I mean it's Seems pretty obvious, but trying to cover your tracks here. Yeah, we talk speculation. (laughs) But yes, it it is all speculation. But it seems to be that that that's the case, and it it seemed like a pretty crappy thing to do. Um, But I think it helps. I think it helped both of their films, though. Oh, indirectly, I don't think that was their purpose. I don't think they meant to have Christopher Nolan make more money on their movie. But I think it helped. Indirectly, it did end up helping both of their movies get seen and make a lot of money and make everybody say that the movies are back. For three weeks until people stop going to the movie theater again. So, yeah. um, how was your guys' movie theater experience for these? I never, I didn't ask for Barbie, but 
Arthur, great for both. Arth, okay, Oppenheimer was dead silent. Yeah, that's good. There was, really there was not a noise. single peep, and I loved it. I, I was mean, really worried that, that we'd have, like, the like the MCU theater yeah. for two moments. One is Albert Einstein, mm. and the other one is, a, I won't spoil, but it's a name drop okay. later in the movie. And you think you know what I'm talking about. Oh. Yeah, I was definitely like, yeah. oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, are people going to make it? Okay. Yeah. Gonna. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. No. And I, they were, exa- I think everybody was just like in awe of what they yeah. were seeing on screen. And like, and it does take a little bit of head, to, like, to figure out what's going on and kind of keep track of all the different storylines. Uh, so you kind of kind of have to keep yeah. your head on you. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that also shut people up. Um, no, for I think for both movies, I had a really good theater okay. experience. Our Barbie experience, our theater was a little bit more yippy. Yeah, I mean, mine was a little, but not bad. I, I mean, I don't mind the laughing and stuff, but there were people that definitely were like, there were some chatting every once in a while and, and stuff like that. But it wasn't wasn't as bad as I've had during some some screens. Trevor, yeah. my the the biggest thing in the Barbie experience was they kept making these inside jokes that like people that do like stereotypical people would do I guess like they talk about watching the BBC version of a show oh, yeah. and I think uh Colin Farrell was on screen for a second and people busted a gut during that part uh three things happened in Oppenheimer yeah and I knew this was coming up because yeah. you told me <laughs> one of them was the dude next to me was asleep for probably a full hour and interspersed but he was probably and he was like snoring and it was one and I was like I could wake him up but I don't want him to like freak out that I touched him. Yeah, and he's already ruining that. Like he already probably spent so much money on ticket. He's ruining this for himself. He's gonna have to come back and see this again. So I'm not even gonna worry about it. Um, and then when the bomb dropped, so when the bomb dropped, uh, if you want, I guess if this is a minor spoiler too, but it's also just how physics and sound Bombs works. Work. Yeah, <laughs> it's silent when the bomb drops, and you just hear breathing. Uh, so it was dead silent when you see the screen light up, and then I heard somebody go. Oh, <laughs> and that's then, what it does. Yeah, <laughs> and then down to my left, uh, when all the when the sound does finally hit, and all the like the wind from it hits, and all, everybody gets kind of knocked over, some amateur demolitions expert down on the left was like, "That's not how blowback works." Saying it like loud enough that people around him would hear. Anyway, so those uh, are the three things that were my theater experience. But I'll say in my theater experience for both movies here. There was both movies. There's a joke that I was. I swear to God, the only person in the theater who liked that. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I'm such a dork. Um, in Oppenheimer, there's a moment where he's being confronted by... This is again, we're starting to get into the minor spoilers here, but he's confronted about his like kind of left-leaning past um, and like being accused of potentially being a communist. And he's like, well, I'm a New Deal Democrat. And I was like, <laughs> ha! <laughs> I was like, oh, nobody laughed at that. Like, <laughs> and then in Barbie... There's a moment where I think this is in the trailer, so I don't think this is that big of a spoiler. But she, the little girl calls her a fascist. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. and Barbie's like, I don't control the trains. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of that interrogator, Jason Clark is another name. Uh, very minor was, role and it's super. Uh, oh, I mean, I mean, it, oh, really? he's doing it correctly. Yeah. Like you want to yeah, kick yeah, his yeah. ass because yeah. he's such an asshole. Yeah, but like, no, he's doing it. He's doing it right. Yeah. It's yeah. just like a you <laughs> fuck off, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we'll do recommendations real quick. I think it'll be pretty obvious. I feel like most of the movies recently have been pretty obvious yeah. what we're going to say here. Right. But we always do it for you just so you can know um, which one of us recommend going to watching this movie. And it is a recommendation of whether or not to go watch it in the theaters um, or wait for it to come out or 
or whatnot. So uh, you can use that information as you'd like, Trevor. Yes. I would say if you're interested at all, you should go see the theater experience. Josh? Absolutely. Go see it in the theater, especially if you have any kind of Dolby or IMAX, even if it's the Limax, like the not real. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's still an IMAX theater. Yeah. It's still a ginormous screen. It's just not on 70 millimeter yeah. Um, film. Yeah. And, and like we said, the sound is so important. If you can see it in a Dolby theater with the crazy sound, yeah. I almost bring earplugs. Like, it's, like <laughs> it's pretty loud at some points. Like I almost plugged my ears a couple times. And I think but, Tristan was on that border too. Yeah, I embrace did. it. Um, she was like, I was no. also hung over. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> and so I kind of had to just accept my fate. Um, <laughs> And it was mainly a stomach hangover, but I uh, did have a slight clearly. headache going in. Um, uh, so yeah, that was. I'm gonna. I'm excited to watch the movie not over, <laughs> so I can kind of uh, feel it uh, non sick. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't get hungover all that often, um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was interesting trying to fight back the feeling of like I wasn't going to throw up, but like that stomach was always just like feeling yeah, no, off. It's just an unsettled feeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the slight headache that you know every once in a while I'd have to bear through the the. I mean, I don't know. It's just uh, thankfully it wasn't like sound sensitive, or else I would have been like. That would have been tough. I, yeah, I might have had to walk out, or no, I would have. I had already got. We were like front row, not front row, like. We were on the upper deck. In the upper deck, yeah. On the front row, smack dab in the middle. We were the first two people to buy tickets for the show. Dang. Yeah. Uh, we, we got us kind of late, and we still got pretty good seats. I mean, we were the back row behind you, but only, like, one to the left. Yeah, it was like, as long as you're kind of in the... That general center. General center, yeah, you'll be good. I don't like sitting at the bottom, but I've done it. I've never done it. Okay. I've in th- that theater. Yeah, I've only done it, like, once or twice. It's not, it's, it's not the best. Their smaller theaters actually aren't too bad if you're in the front. Because they yeah. re- they recline farther back. That's true. So you can actually like really just. I wouldn't want to do that Dolby. No, no. It's, I mean, it's not IMAX, but it's a big screen. It's a yeah. It's, it's high up. It's still a big screen. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's all of our recommendations and uh, more thoughts on Oppenheimer. We're gonna do spoiler part of this review um after our short little break. So if you've seen the movie and want to hear all those, um, go ahead and pause and come back for the spoiler part of the review. All right, we're back. We're back. After that Woo. short little break, and now we're getting into spoilers. So, uh, boom. There's a bomb. Yeah. It goes off. It's very large. Yes. It's very cool, too. It's cool. I mean, the bomb itself probably it's wasn't gorgeous. very cool, but it I was mean, shot very, it was shot very well. It, um, yeah, it, uh, communicated the, um, weight of it very well. And you saw it on everybody's face. Um, the camera work of it. I mean, it was a saw. I felt like it showed the bomb for like a minute. It felt like yeah. it was a while. Yeah. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. No, I agree. I was curious if there was going to be a mushroom cloud or not because it was filming for so long. And at the very end, yeah. the mushroom. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure atomic bombs have mushroom clouds. So, yeah. Um, I think it's just once you reach a certain level of dynamite, yeah. I think you'll get a mushroom. Yeah, gotcha. you can get a you can get a mushroom without atomic bomb. It just okay. has to be a big bomb, like an M eighty or I don't know, <laughs> probably not that. Bad. Okay, um, so, um, oh no, oh no, I already forgot. I was about to say the one thing that I um, you're saving for spoilers. That well, no, that I disliked. Oh, um, but I'll have to rethink of it. 
I had it right before we started talking about the mushroom cloud. Well, I can say my yeah. thing real quick. The other the other scene I thought Emily Blunt was really good in was when when uh, Oppenheimer comes home and she she's waiting for him and, and the baby's crying and she wants to like get frisky or something and he's like, shouldn't you go to the baby? And then she like because she's obviously drunk, but yeah. I think she I think she portrayed that very well. Yeah. Mm. Um. One thing I thought was weird, like, okay, so we all know, and it's become, I think, re- re- recently become really big people knowing about the now I am become death, I destroy your worlds right. thing the, in the in the body, uh, this Hindu scripture thing. Um, and so I knew, we all know it's going to come up in the movie, and the moment that it comes up for the first time <laughs> is, was interesting. is in the sex scene. And unless that's a true story, which I don't think it is, <laughs> I could yeah. be wrong. Um, that just felt like a really weird time to introduce what is a very heavy and very important line. Although I think I was telling Easton this too. I think the audio from that scene, the breathing, mm-hmm. not the talking, but the breathing and then him delivering that line. I think that's what's playing when the bomb drops. Oh, I'm pretty sure it says it again in that moment. It, it does. does. Okay. Yeah. But, but it's like that same clip. That'd be interesting. Yeah, and I I don't know if that's supposed to be a connection to like she because she is a full on communist, isn't she? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe it's like, oh, so if like communism is the red scare, and this bomb is fairly red to orange, and it's scary. Maybe uh, it's the orange <laughs> scare. Yeah. No, I that I didn't really think much of it. I think maybe it was it was just a way to like be in his personal chambers and get yeah. the fact that like he reads these scriptures and he knows yeah. them and can read them like in their I think language. It would have been one thing if like it was like after the fact and then like cuddling or whatever. Yeah, but like it is during the moment. And or like, this is something. <laughs> yeah, um, well, it might also be trying to connect like, um, like creation with death. Or yeah, um, or uh, just how like uh, crazy. You know, yeah. he kind of is, That's um, true. Yeah. and like arousal. I, I mean, I don't think he gets aroused by you know blowing things up, but you know, just kind of a like how much of a you know, an adrenaline junkie in a different way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Through well, they, intellectual, you know. I mean, they definitely stuff. play it off like it's kind of a kinky moment for yeah. the two of them. Yeah. And I wonder if also maybe they just couldn't find a way to like have him say that in the moments yeah. and have it not be cheesy or have it not be like cringy. Yeah. And so maybe they thought it'd be better to do it as a, as a thought. Yeah. Fair. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the bombs dropped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do think in the, like in the sex scene, I feel like it fit because I'm like, she gets up and is like, I think it's trying to be like a little sexy stop during the middle of sex yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and then she picks up the book and then she's like, you can read this. And then it's kind of like a, an arousal out of his intellectual ability to be able sure. to like yeah. how smart he actually is. And then says to read it. And that just happens to be the yeah, line. The line yeah. So like I, I get where like this is an important line and you decide to use it in this context. Yeah. It made sense for the scene. But as a movie, it's like, yeah, it, maybe you, you could have found to a, establish that he knows the quote. And yeah. Read the, the book. I was just like. This is now I thought I was going to go. I thought yeah. it would just be him studying or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he definitely doesn't have any studying scenes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. He has some teaching uh, scenes and stuff, which yeah. they blow through pretty quick, which I don't think is a bad thing. He has no, some union don't. forming scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of union forming yeah. scenes. Um, the use of sound in this movie is so good. Like, there's this, like, shum, 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 oh, 
oh, yeah. like building sound the whole time, and you're thinking like it's just like marching soldiers or like what? It's this horrifying sound. It's really yeah. scary. And then when you finally reveal that it's like people celebrating in the gym after the bomb went off, mm-hmm. and he's just so scared. I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that scene is being held as the the best scene yeah, of the movie. It's like yeah. horrific, and it's just people celebrating. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you guys get the horror um, scene in the movie? Did we get it? Yeah. What do you mean? There's a there's a a lot of people are talking about how this movie has a uh like a horror aspect to it. Um, oh yeah. And it's in one scene specifically. That's the gym scene, isn't it? That he was talking about. Um, I think that's there's a different lane. I do think a lot of people f- attach the horror to that, um, but it has to do with Florence Pugh. Um, oh. when she kills herself, oh, that oh, is freaky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a black glove that pushes her head yeah. under, mm-hmm. and there um, is some conspiracy around. Um, Gene, I wrote it down. Tart, Tartlet, Tatlock, Gene Tatlock. Um, the real woman, yep. her suicide. There is a conspiracy around it. Um, I mean, the the, the intelligence agencies were not above killing people yeah. they thought were a threat at that time. Well, they're still not, um, are they? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. They definitely the C- weren't. They definitely weren't there. That's begun now. <laughs> Um, and like when I read up on it, like basically the quote was like, "We don't know if this was faked, but if you wanted to fake someone's suicide, this would be a pretty good way to do it." Yeah, yeah, and it and it shows that both in the in the scene you see a black glove once, yeah, push her head down, mm-hmm. and then you and then he Oppenheimer talks about it to Emily Blunt, yeah. and he says like, "There was a note there, but she it wasn't sign. signed." Yeah, like there are signs that like. This wasn't a suicide. Right. But, like, he's like, I don't know. Also, I just lost, like, kind of a lover. But shouldn't have been one, (laughs) but is. Yeah. And you're talking to your wife about why you're upset that you're fling, or not fling, but, you know. Side piece. Side chick, yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be nice and not call her a (laughs) side piece, but that's kind of what she is. But it was also her fault, so. You also seem to really care about her, too. Yes, yeah. Um. But it's her fault that they weren't a thing because she didn't. <laughs> she's crazy, <laughs> and yeah, um, wants him and doesn't want him at the same time. So yeah, um, yeah, I still can't figure out the, what. Oh, no, uh, we were talking. Uh, we were talking before we start recording. Raymond Malek also just shows up out of nowhere in this, and I think does a great job because um, you kind of expect it to be one of the scientists that you've seen before. And yeah. I don't know that just the fact that it's a different guy. I don't know. I, it worked. Yeah. Like he'd been like kind of a fly on the wall. He was in the background a couple scenes, I think. Oh, okay. He was. Yeah. yeah. But then all of a sudden he's just like the guy. I'm yeah. Like, Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was, uh, with, he was like a secondhand guy to one of the scientists. Yeah. Um, and, uh, most notably he was in, he like tried to get Oppenheimer to sign a petition petition to not drop, uh, not drop the bomb. Gotcha. So I also like that Um, in the interrogation, they, uh, that scene where there's some wounds flare and it, they're asking if he was in favor of dropping the bomb or not, or I don't remember if that's exactly what they asked, but I remember what they do say is they say something like, uh, are you trying to tell us that between 1935 and 1939 you changed your mind or something like that? Yeah. And I, I, that whole scene, I thought, you know, in an age where everything is yes or no, like where we, it, we 
by nature of argument and the desire to be right, eliminate a gray area. And if you said something five years ago, you must still believe that. Right. Thing. Like you like, oh, you tweeted this belief mm-hmm. five years ago. So like, obviously this is who you are. Right. Like you're, you haven't changed from that. And yeah. it's like, no, like, yeah, you grow. Yeah. We and, all change and have different opinions as we grow. And so I thought that scene was really relevant to right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, um, kind of shifting a little bit like the, um, there's this debate about whether or not the movie really depicts the horrors of of both America's kind of like mm. um, willingness to use the bomb and the bomb itself. Obviously, you do have the gym scene where Oppenheimer visions the people in front of him being annihilated and stepping in a burnt corpse and all that stuff, and that's really good. And but he can't be in the moment. like his, Yeah, yeah like, like he's it, fully removed from everything going on. Yeah, yeah. he's disassociated. And, and, and yeah, You were talking about sound earlier. It'll all of a sudden just come back, and it sounds like the bomb dropping again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that scene was perfectly crafted because you, you have the cheering, and then you have an underline of crying that you're just going back and forth. <laughs> and I believe this is just, I mean, what I heard, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't. It's just I heard. I don't know if it's actually in there, but I thought I heard. I, th- I thought I heard Native American chants. Which I also thought would be a cool it's piece. It's like a chanting feel. Because well, because they're on Native American land, and there was a piece of you know, um, yeah, what it what all that did in New Mexico. So which we should talk about that just real quick because I've seen some. We were talking about Japanese discourse earlier. There's been some Hispanic discourse around yes, that too. I was going to say that they Hispanic or Native American. A little bit of both, but oh, okay. it was, but they were primarily Hispanic. They do farms. acknowledge the natives a little in the movie. They yeah. don't acknowledge any. Okay, Latino. yeah, and I I've seen it referred to as Hispanics and Hispanos. I'm not sure which is correct, but yeah, yeah like when they took that land to build the Los Alamos, uh, like. They basically were just like, hey, take this money. And if they didn't take it, they like escorted people at yeah. gunpoint and like yeah. shot animals. And But there has been some justice there. That mm-hmm. And I think 2000, there was a, a, was a settlement. Yeah. yeah. And I think they settled for like $10 million or mm-hmm. something like that. And so there's been some justice there. Not saying that it was correct. It was, yeah. That was right. But Obviously wasn't correct at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least there's been some. There's been some reparations. Yeah, yeah. some correction. But to talk about the, the bomb again one second. What yeah. I was going to get to was like the scene that really shows the horror in the, the not negligence, but like the, the flippantness of choosing a bombing site. It was that scene where they where there's the committee of generals and Oppenheimer mm-hmm. and several other scientists and stuff. And they're choosing where to actually use the bombs. And the guy is like, well, I went on a vacation to Kyoto, mm-hmm. so we're not going there. Yeah, we're not going to bomb that place. Yeah. It's beautiful. Which I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, they definitely did choose to not bomb Kyoto because it was like a very culturally and historically yes. important mm-hmm. place. Um, but like, there was a point where the bombs could have been dropped in the water off of Tokyo and not killed anybody and just been like, look at this big bomb we have. But they were like, well, we're not doing that. <laughs> look at those radiation poisoning you're going to yeah. get. But <laughs> it would still have been bad, but it would have been, would not have been. They would have yeah. killed the fish, though. Yeah. That's true. That's oh, yeah, that would have been. No matter what, just dropping it was is bad. Yeah. Dropping a bomb like yeah. that. No, that was negative well, repercussions. And they and they acknowledge the fact that like there's a possibility Japan definitely would have surrendered without it. Yeah. Um, in fact, many historians argue that the bomb is actually not what made Japan surrender. It was Russia invading Manchuria, mm. um, among other things. But they they get into <laughs> it. Like this yeah. is by yeah. no means a pro nuclear weapon. No, movie. no, yeah. and it um, very much states like it it puts in there very much that like yeah. the war is like Hitler's dead. Uh, Germany is basically surrendered. Japan is uh, fleeting and and basically almost out of the war. They're still yeah. fighting, but they've yeah. 
they've they're fairly close to surrendering, and then they drop. There was the a bomb. possibility of a surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, People really oversell the. Well, the Japanese mainland would have fought to the last man, woman, or child. That's Possibly. What, that's what the generals were saying in yeah. the movie. But then like, you hear... But there are people in real life who really try to sell that. And yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah. you can't, can't go back on that. Nope. Yeah. Once you, yeah, once you drop it, yeah, yeah. Yep, you yeah. did it. And yeah. This really does go to show, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like... And this this isn't isn't so much about the movie, I guess, but how like it's wild to me. You as a history teacher, it's wild to me that like history teachers just choose their curriculum. Like, and I think as you guys, you probably feel a, a moral sense of duty to present all sides. But like, mm-hmm. you can't cover all of like we were even talking about this. How like there's still it's still a question of like should we have dropped the bomb or yeah. not? What were reasons for it? And it's like you can't get that in of a, a four year high school education. No, um, I mean like, and it depends on your school district, your city, your state, you know, all those things. I mean like, sure, even your school um, as to what you choose versus what's given to you and things like that. Um, but history is less about object facts and more about a tool set of navigating mm-hmm. the past. Wow. <laughs> Would you show this in a classroom? Do you think? Um. Well, no. You might have to take a scene or two out. Well, I, was, I mean, I was curious. I mean, <laughs> there's tits. There's, is what I was saying. There are uncensored breasts. Well, I, well okay. Well, let's rephrase that. <laughs> let's say you're like teaching a college class. I, would you uh, show which, this? Which, which is funny. I might add. I watched all of Roots in middle school, huh. and let me tell you, there's a lot of tits in Roots, <laughs> um, but I mean, they weren't sexual, and that that scene was very sexual. So, yeah. I have a hard time with movies in class because and this is part of why i tend to not always enjoy historical movies you can nitpick them to death yeah. i mean like mm. if you really sat down and read america prometheus read up on oppenheimer shows a million things you could point out about this movie that's fair um but i think if you want to talk about the development and how quickly the bomb went from being the scientist's job to the military job, i think i think there's a role for it but you'd probably have to put some caveats and i don't know the full level of inaccuracies and things like that but at a college level or even bits of it in the high school level there, there could be an application potentially well said well said potentially <laughs> yeah it would also be a good talking point yeah i mean uh, and, and a the, good and thing to have a good discussion and i'm sure people, afterwards students will ask about it this year i'm almost <laughs> yeah that's that's fair yeah. yeah um but i do think the movie is very clear in its uh message um so, like, it, it obviously has a uh, predetermined, uh, like, decision of whether or not it was a good thing or not yeah. and all of that. So, I was like, I think it would be perfectly fine. But it's like, you're also showing a movie that does have a predetermined message that it's trying to send yeah. out. It's like, do you want something more objective? Because this is not. Yeah. So. So I have a quick question for you guys because I think I missed something or maybe I just did you like go pee during the middle of this? No, no, I just okay. It's a three-hour movie and I saw it a week ago. Well, no, that's you just said (laughs) there was earlier. You said something like, "Did I miss the fifteen-minute sex scene?" And so I thought you were like physically like. No, I just meant like the internet. Internet made it sound like it was going to be this like terrible, awful thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like I mean. Any other I've seen, sex scene? I've seen Boogie Nights. I don't know how, I don't know how to get down. Um, 
No. Uh, so Benny Safdie, uh, this guy. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Teller. Teller, yeah. There's a moment where he goes and he shakes Oppenheimer's hand at the end, yeah. and then his wife refuses to shake his hand. Yeah. What his, is up with that? His wife didn't like him. His, he, is that it? Yeah. He spoke against him in the in the meeting. Yeah. Oh, okay. He said that he wouldn't trust him for another clearance. I, yeah. I thought maybe it ran deeper than that. There was a moment where she like. She confronts up and she does about say it, point blank like, that she doesn't like him. I remember she's like, that. I would have spat in his face. Like he disrespected you. He put you down. That wasn't cool. Because yeah. early on in the movie, like he's going through this interview almost the entire movie. Yeah. Towards somewhere in the beginning or middle ish, he comes in and he says, "I I respect Oppenheimer like an insane amount. Uh, if he says something, I would do it." And it ends there. Yeah. And yeah. then it gets back to the interview later, and he says, "But but I would not trust him." To do this, I think his moral ambiguity and his sure. moral qualms have stopped him from being the physicist that he needs to be, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then um, he turns to Oppenheimer afterwards and said, I'm sorry, and walks out. It was just such a, the handshake thing was just such a, like. Disrespect? And it was. Well, it would, no, it was just, like, it was so meaningful. And I was like, is, does this run deeper than just she doesn't like him? And so. It pays yeah. off that previous. Moment. Yeah. And I think it's just the fact that so many different people. Like that, he worked with closely, mm-hmm. um, and like we're supposed to be his friends. Turned on him after the bomb. I do, uh, and <laughs> so I think it was just kind of like trying to showcase that and how sure. he still found a way to respect and like he tried to not take it personally, yeah. and so he didn't fight against it or whatever. And Emily Blunt's character was like, "Nah, dude, fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> uh, the. Oh, I do like Matt Damon's talk about that. When they, they hand him the packet and they're like, yeah. would you recommend it today? He's like, well, no, but I wouldn't recommend it to the scientists yeah. that I recommend it. I wanted him to say I wouldn't recommend you either oh, because yeah. I guarantee everyone in that room shouldn't have clearance either. They've all done things yeah. that are oh, highly yeah. illegal and shouldn't be shouldn't allow them to have the clearance that they're asking for. But it's just how deep in the government are you? And, <laughs> you'll, and the guy, you'll go through. And the guy that plays the lawyer to everybody, <sighs> I mean, the acting, oh, and this so is, it, yeah. And he, he does such a good job of like, just like I am doing the best I can. Yeah. It's very well written to show just how awful that scenario was and how much of a trap it was. And showcasing how smart Robert Downey Jr.'s character was in his payback against um, Oppenheimer because he knew, uh, and the whole movie shows us too, that if it was an open case, mm. he would win without a shadow of a doubt because he is a charismatic, like out of nowhere, he's just like the most charismatic guy you've ever yeah, seen in your yeah. life. Um, and so, yeah, he had to do all these backward things to, to get him to... Uh, I don't really know the significance of not getting his clearance. I think it just means that he's I mean, not able to. He puts him out of work, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it basically makes it where he can't do his job. Yeah. But I feel like he should have still been able to be like a public speaker on like. Yeah. And he, I and, mean, he could probably still be a teacher at a college level and stuff. Oh, you know what though? He probably isn't able to talk about anything after that. If he doesn't have the clearance, I imagine he's not able to like, yeah, even talk about any discussion. They, they kind of, they they spend like two sentences saying why it's important that he doesn't like why he doesn't get the clearance and like I just didn't quite understand it and yeah. then I, I, like when it only gives you two sentences like and you didn't get yeah. it then and then it moves on to something else uh, I understood it was important but I couldn't understand why yeah. um, but 
one other one that I really want to talk about, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> um, how about that young up and comer uh, JFK? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, other yeah. is that the line you were yes, when you yeah, thought people were going to freak out. I almost, I definitely smiled. I was like, yeah, yeah. JFK will return, <laughs> right. MCU style. Well, the whole, um, that whole scene with the Robert Downey Jr. the black and all the black and white stuff, yeah. where you have the Robert Downey Jr. Um, trying to, I don't know what the beginning of the court case is really about. He's being approved for a Senate position. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Or not a, Senate, a cabinet position. Um. Yes. Okay. That's yes. And then, yeah, that whole last scene where, uh, um, oh, what's what's his name? You guys already brought him up. Amy Malik. Yes. Uh, came in and just dropped the. Um. Drop the, the bomb. bomb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I didn't. It was, I felt like it was too low hanging fruit, but I was already there. You. <laughs> um. Of what Robert Downey Jr. was actually doing throughout his career, yeah. um, I thought was yeah. I I like how there were, there was a background story happening the entire time, and you didn't know really what it was. Mm-hmm. Like there was a battle going on between Robert Downey Jr. and um, uh, I guess I should say his name instead of just saying Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Louis Strauss. Louis Strauss. Yeah. 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 Uh, there was a war going on between Louis Strauss and Oppenheimer without actually knowing, mm-hmm. um. Not actually knowing that, um, and then it kind of gets revealed at the very end what was happening behind the lines and why he was having to do this interview yeah. and yeah. who he was fighting against almost his whole career. Yeah. Um, and like yeah. that Einstein moment they kept returning to mm-hmm. with Oppenheimer. That was so cool. Yeah. Like I, slowly revealing the context of what they said until that very ending scene. Yeah, that ending scene is... Um, so I cried three times during the movie. Um, and it wasn't like bawling. It was just like teary eyed. Yeah. One, the ending. I like the ending. I thought was extremely. Uh, uh, I don't know. Wait, I mean, you just felt the weight, and it was disturbing, and left you distraught. And so I got teary eyed there at the. Um, the scene we've talked about that everybody's talking about the after the bomb the bomb is dropped. Yeah. In the gym. Um, and then when the bomb actually exploded and we saw Oppenheimer watching it, um, for some reason that got me too. So, yeah. but I also thought that was going to be the end of the movie. So I, I was know, like, like, all right, cool. We're done. And, and I was like, like there's the, like, wow, this is like the way like, and I think that obviously is supposed to be a big moment. Yeah. Like it, mm-hmm. we're spending oh, over an hour to get to this moment. Um, uh, okay. I'll let you say the thing, and I fi- I do have the one thing that I don't like about the movie, and I, I will try to remember it. One Go. thing, okay. <laughs> I really like how as soon as the bomb goes off, not like as soon as, but like the next morning when everyone's celebrating, very quickly you see it go from being the scientist's project to, to the, the military's, military's Oh, property. yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I love the way that you almost feel like the helplessness yeah. of these. Because the whole time, they're, and they, you do have the ones who are petitioning against it at the one point, you feel them know, like, once we've done this, it's going to go out of hand. And Oppenheimer said it multiple times. Yeah. He was like, we're just making this. Yeah. We're not dropping it. We don't yeah. choose where it goes. We're and we're giving them. As soon as it was done. We're, yeah. we're giving them, obviously, insight of what yeah. we think because we know what this is going to do. Yeah. Um, but all, all, we, he says throughout the film before, the, I mean, before it finally gets dropped, um, that, you know, we're just the scientists. We're just making this. Yeah. It's. We're not it, soldiers. We're not so if it you know, we don't choose where it goes, 
So if it kills people, that's not on us yeah. because we did not drop it. Oh. And then the second it gets dropped, you know, that's when he starts feeling the weight of it and he realizes what he's done. And that's why he says, you know, he feels the blood on his hand. That president. Harry Truman. Uh, I was about to say, I like that they made Harry Truman an asshole. Yeah. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Good. I don't, I don't know I believe the about. real things he said about Oppenheimer in that meeting were actually way meaner. Oh, really? Yeah. From what I've heard. Get this crybaby out of here. Yeah. I don't really, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know anything about Harry Truman. Well, well, you're, wait, you had something. Oh, you said, did you both say your thing? No, you had the one you're thing. Gripe, I had yeah, something. So yeah. my one gripe on the movie is we spend an hour of the movie and they keep on saying we've spent two and a half years, $2 billion getting the materials to drop this atomic bomb. And if we fail the test, like we just wasted the two and a half years yeah. to waste the $2 billion, they do the test and just two more bombs appear. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how, like, if it took two and a half years to get the materials to make the atomic bomb, where did the other, where did the material for the two other bombs show up? Well, one of them is, throughout the movie, uh, Oppenheimer's, like, filling up those, yeah. those fish bowls. One of them is the other fish bowl. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I no, I thought. getting up to the point they had enough for one, but... Th- I thought the two fish bowls, one was one for one material and the other was for another material. Was. They need to fill they them both ended up. up using both. For yeah, I wonder if maybe in because there's a there's a scene where they he does fill one up. I wonder if maybe we saw it again. If there's like we can see maybe there's some more in the background or something like that. But, but if it took two and a half years to fill up the whole entire bowl, it would take another two and a half years to get the bowl up again, and then another two and a half. So like yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, just no, I think fair. it's a problem on like the movie. It's a logistical error. I do believe yeah. that that's I mean, they built those bombs in that real timeline. So. Yeah. But I, I feel like they I, f- I don't know it. I believe but they it, built enough they knew they were gonna build enough for three. Okay. Well they also on the back end said we're dropping a third and he didn't know that. Mm. Oppenheimer they were like he was like, We're gonna we're well, gonna drop one on uh Hiroshima and then they were like and then we're gonna drop another one on I was talking. He was like, "We only need one." They're like, "No, we need one to show that we've got it. We've got. We need another one to show. We'll keep dropping them until you surrender." Even though bluff, yeah, which is a bluff. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if maybe the it's the phrasing of that jar line. Maybe he says something like, "This is all the materials we need," and maybe doesn't specify it's one. I was just saying that I feel like maybe it was added to create tension. Okay. Like a, this is a movie thing. We're going to give you a visual aid to show like the timeline that we have. And I don't know if that was real. Gotcha. And I, yeah, I would have to check on that. But. And, and it feels like it was something that was just made to give you a physical representation. And, and it should have been stated. We're making three bombs. This is the material we need for three bombs. And it was just like, this is what we need to make a bomb. And it only gets filled up once. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then they made such an emphasis on the fact that if this doesn't go right, $2 billion is dead. 2.5 yeah. years is, is gone when technically they have enough materials for another one. So if they need, if they needed to test another one, they would test another one and only drop one bomb. I would yeah, assume yeah. they would do that instead of not do anything. So like just kind of the, I was, like I said, that's a, maybe it's a small pick, that's the only thing I felt during the movie that yeah. I was like, I don't like the way that that was artificially created tension um, yeah. for a timeline thing when it doesn't logistically make sense. Um, but maybe it could be explained and it was like, oh, okay, yeah. I just kind of misunderstood what yeah. I know this was. There's a, Wired did an interview with this like the nuclear physics historian. And yeah. I, I don't remember what he said, but he broke down like the, this is how much we had and how much we 
a little bit better. Gotcha. I think that clarifies it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't think, like, I don't uh, dispute that it took two and a half years to get the material. Yeah. Um, it was yeah, just how it was communicated on yeah. screen. Maybe, you know, once you do it, you, you get better at doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a couple, we've asked a couple questions. I have a couple answers for you. Uh, so him being denied his renewal, uh, this is from a website. Cool. Great source. Uh, APS.org. Um, so he was basically denied. Oh, his contract as an AEC advisor, his one remaining link with that body was terminated. So he basically was fired. Like him, him not getting his contract or getting his clearance renewed basically means that he was fired from his job. Uh, apparently, uh, so Oppenheimer told people that they call it that Truman called him a crybaby scientist. Mm -hmm. But when Truman's been asked about it, he's been like, I never said any of those things. Oh, of course he's going to say Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I couldn't find it. Like, anyway. I wanted, just, I wanted quotes. That's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to look up something, too. There was, yeah. was kind of That's just crazy to say to someone that's just trying to deal and process with the fact that, you know, he yeah. directly caused the death of, uh, was it close to 400,000 people? A lot. After all of it? Um, and Anywhere from 200 to 400,000, I think, is what they were kind of. more as this time goes on yeah. with cancer and, and whatnot. That's why I think it was, like, up to 400,000 yeah. or something like that. But, so, like, to just try to discredit the, fee like, I, like, it's totally understandable for somebody to have some real, you know. Yeah, and yeah. feel some regret and, like, or trying to process, you know, how he should feel about that and yeah. like, and be somebody that's like trying to, it would also make sense that he's someone that's trying to like fight against a bigger version of what he just did. That's going to cause even more damage. And yeah. obviously with the line that we get at the very end, uh, keep like, he's scared that like he did in fact blow up the world, not because of the bomb that was dropped, but because of the science that he created yeah. in, the, in the weapon that he gave the world and that it will someday like, yeah, yeah. Make it to the point where we blow up the entire world. So that image of all the, the trails mm -hmm. in the clouds is, is haunting. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah. Or the fire overtaking mm -hmm. the earth. Yeah. I do think that's the, I didn't know that about the atomic bomb where they, the theoretical physicists were, thought that there was a chance that oh, once yeah. the atoms start bursting, they may continue to burst throughout the entirety of the earth. Yeah. And, and they really did take bets on that. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so that's insane. Yeah. This, um, you're not going to collect a whole lot if you're, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're yeah. right. It's like they say in the movie, Gallows Humor. Yeah. 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 Gallows Humor, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was uh, an extremely interesting thing that I didn't know about it, yeah. um, which added a whole bunch of extra weight to it because it's – like you're sitting there like, yeah, sure. It's a point zero zero one percent chance or something, but yeah. that's still a chance. Yeah. And it's um, like, and it's like you said, like they didn't destroy the world in the sense that the chain reaction didn't go off, but he destroyed the world in the sense that the world will literally never be the same. Yeah. Like the world that existed before Trinity mm -hmm. will never exist. Again. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's one of those turning points. Uh, yeah. No, a hundred just like one hundred percent eleven or or whatever, like yeah. those moments that shifted the globe. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, I finally f remembered the thing I didn't like. Hey. So that was that was that was really it. Um, I think that I have on on spoiler stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I I do. Uh, I also like how they showcase how he is with his family. Um, yeah. Because it's and that conversation he has with I think is another professor um, who takes his kid for a little bit. Oh, the the philosophy professor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, who has a good line of you know, um, uh, like we understand the weight that you're like. Yeah. Um, you're going through. Who is also a communist? Yeah. <laughs> I guess They're everywhere. A lot of <laughs> at the time. I mean, a lot of commies in universities back then. Yeah, I mean, it, it, among intellectuals like leftism or, or like socialist communists, whatever labels you want to put on it, we believe we're we're high. Yeah, we're very very progressive, very highly liberal beliefs. Yeah. I mean, it's it not not still there today. Like I a lot of say liberal. <laughs> not, that's a bad label. Actual communists will get really mad if you say that. <laughs> Well, but it's also, the, no, I'm sure that there were a wide range. It wasn't just oh, communists. Yeah. There were no. also left-wing. There were also yeah. liberals. There were communists. Like, uh, just all just, of that. I mean, that's just, that's just where those beliefs tend to grow. I mean, like, Karl Marx is an academic. Like, his writings are academic writings, mm-hmm. and that tends to be where those things are read. Yeah. Um, but there's always been a litany of beliefs, beliefs among well, politicians. Uh, and that's and where such. they sh- should be, is yeah. where you're academically able to debate and cross-reference your ideas and and have an actual uh, intellectual discussion on, on your ideas um, with people that can, you know? Um, Okay. Uh, Do you guys have any other thoughts on, on this one? I feel like I've gone over most of the spoiler stuff um, that, uh, that I needed to. You're looking at me like you want something out of me. No, I'm just listening, man. Listen to here. Listen to you talk. Okay. Listening to you host. What a good job you're doing. Yeah. Nice. Again, visuals, fantastic. So good. And guess what? Minimal CGI. Yeah. And it showed because it felt real. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was watching mm-hmm. computer animation. Um, okay. Uh, I guess we can do ratings real quick. This is my second five star of the year. Is the first one across fibers. Mm-hmm. You did give it five. Mm. I did not. That's good. Okay. Josh? I originally gave it a four and a half, and then I bumped it up to a five. It's you bumped it up to a five. Yeah, this is such a good movie. Okay. Uh, I, I I walked out of the theater thinking five, so yeah. and I'm still there. Yeah, I'm thinking five. <laughs> yep. Here comes the the John Wick memes. <laughs> I've got it stocked on my phone. I'll make sure to throw <laughs> it up on our episode. Good. Um. Yeah. I begrudgingly giving it give it a five because Trevor has it in his draft. Um, but yeah. let's here's to hoping Tristan hated it and <laughs> helping me out a little bit. Um, I really have I don't know her thoughts at all. Um, I I uh, don't want to speak for her, but I do believe she did say she liked it, but it was a lot. Mm. It is uh, a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm sure it'll still be a decent grade. So you'll get a pretty good average there. Yeah. And uh, your letterbox multiplier will be through the roof <laughs> because oh, yeah. letterbox is at a four point four. So. Oppenheimer finally overtook Barbie. It uh, it's been behind. No! It's been behind Barbie. Yeah, it's been last I checked, it was a four point two against Barbie's four point three or something. And now I think Oppenheimer is a four point four, and I think Barbie is still at four point two. Yeah, I'm losing. um yeah i screwed myself on across the spider verse by giving it a lower rating and then (laughs) that was a bad idea yeah no i'm being objective okay uh hopefully uh napoleon saves me at the end of the year i'm excited for that i'm so excited yeah um 
it I, it could definitely not go well in the room, but we'll see. The movies had a lot of guys made. A lot of guys had a lot of movies made about them. Really? Uh. There's Napoleon. There's Waterloo. I guess Waterloo. I've only I've only seen one. I don't know which one it was. This is the old 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 movie called Napoleon. And okay. I know there's Waterloo. There's a couple other movies. Yeah. Okay. I've only seen one randomly mm. at some point when I was in. Waterloo is another one of those really good historical movies. Huh. If you want to learn more about movies that have history in them and like double checking the history but still appreciating them as films, two really good channels. One is the Cynical Historian Cipher. He's a professional historian, PhD. Um, actually, fun fact: his dad is one of the experts that's on Pawn Stars all the time. Oh, um, yeah. That's not his claim to fame, but it is kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is called History Buffs. It's a little bit more of a production, um, but he is not a historian. He's more of an amateur. History so buffs is a pretty big. I feel like I've yeah people seen people them know before. history buffs a little bit more. Um, those guys both do really really good work. Yeah, well there you go. Um, well yeah, that, that's three five stars. I don't know when the last time that happened. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, that's it for Barbieheimer um, review um, of Oppenheimer and Barbie, and I guess also Mission Impossible is coming out this week. But uh, for us, it came out last week, but. Um, our episode of it's coming. I out this also week. like Barbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He watched the double feature. Good sociology so. movie. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. We thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure to go check out the Barbie episode. Uh, whether you've seen it or not, you can listen to us talk about spoiler free. And if you've already watched it, you can watch the full episode and get into spoilers. But uh, yeah, um, we sneak peek. We enjoyed that movie too. So. Uh, make sure to go check that out um, and make sure to, you know, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you're, wherever you're listening, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, blah, 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 a thousand of them. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, but we thank you guys so much for checking it out. This has been a great experience. Um, obviously, Tristan and I dressed up. She's not here, but she also dressed up for uh, Oppenheimer. Um, and yeah, we had a lot of fun. I just realized I didn't turn the lights on, so this is this going to be a dark episode. For a it's dark how movie. Fitting. Yeah. Just put it in black and white. <laughs> oh, I could. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Come uh come back next week and have a good one. Hey, moron! You talking to me? You talking to me? And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? <laughs> what an idiot! Well, what do you expect? I'm the movie moron. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Don't call me stupid. Oh, right! To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! I've known sheep that could outwit you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> no, none taken.